All right, greetings, friends. Uh, it's Shapo coming at you. We are back, and we've got to kick things off right away with this late-breaking news. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Steve Bannone arrested in Westport, Connecticut this morning. On a boat? By, by agents of the U.S. Postal Service. They boarded his ass. They boarded the <laughs> yacht owned by a Chinese billionaire and on which he has been living. Wait a minute, a last, Chinese billionaire? A Chinese billionaire owns the yacht that he's been living on for the past Wait like, a month minute. or so. Wait a minute. The Tribune of the simple American peasant who is going to stop China from turning us all into bug men was hiding out on a Chinese billionaire's yacht. Boy, it's enough to make you feel like maybe nobody's really real. Nobody, everyone's full of shit out there. Maybe we're all just phonies, man. So I mean, maybe is, maybe he was, you know, he was doing some piracy. Maybe he was yeah, yeah, you know, he abscond, absconding with the boat. <laughs> now, this, of course, uh, he was arrested by the, the post office, which is really funny because they, apparently postal inspectors are the ones that come for your ass if, if you do wire fraud. Yes. Which uh, this is what it was related to. And, of course, this all dates back to, I mean, this is like we talked about this years ago, early on in the Trump administration. Uh I just one of the most beautiful grifts of all time. The GoFundMe to build a wall on Amazing. the border. Amazing. That I mean, would it shock you to learn that this, this was just they were just absolutely fleecing everyone who gave money to this shit? That's the but, difference. That's that's the Trump era difference in terms of everything just slipping. Is that you know? Yeah, obviously this is a whole country of fraudsters. It's a bunch of people scamming each other into their different pyramid schemes and multi-level marketing schemes yeah that's america that's all we're doing picking each other's pocket as frank sabadka said but at least there used to have to be a surf surface plausibility to the concept you know like amway hey we're gonna you know you're gonna sell uh stuff that's also in the grocery store but to your friends it's like okay that's at least a thing but this was you're gonna have a private entity raise a billion dollars with without any of the powers of the state for things like i don't know eminent domain Build independently a fucking wall between two sovereign <laughs> countries across private property. That would be 3,000 miles that long. That is an insane thing on its face. And anyone who is straight-facedly telling people, yeah, yeah, we're going to raise this money and we're definitely going to use it to do that, uh, was that was transparently fraudulent. But the, the speed of everything and the, the fact that the only money anybody has left like the the only people uh, ha like squatting smug like on money anymore are increasingly <laughs> demented senior citizens. Th it becomes less and less important for your scams to have even surface plausibility. Well, and so these guys raised twenty five million dollars, and I did a tweet at the time where I just joked, "Hey, uh, you know, uh, we're gonna make America great again. Uh, donate to buy me a boat. I mean, uh, make America great. Get a wall built." And it was just like, "Yeah," because this is an obvious scam. And now what happened? What were they doing? What did the guy do? He built a fuck. He bought a goddamn boat. He bought a boat that he that, used in a Trump yes. Fourth of July Matt, parade of boaters. Matt, you have to stop tweeting. I have to. I mean, this one but was a, this, this is it, too powerful. Not exactly, but it's not exactly Nostradamus to come up with that. That's the thing is that, that this, the obviousness with. of this scam is what makes this notable. Is that no everyone, including if you're a MAGA, even if you're MAGA, you should have the basic circuitry to look at this and see the scam. Nope. Okay. Did anyone complain? That's okay, Virgil. That is a very good question, and this is this is this is the thought that I, I had I when I was reading so. about this. Nope. Because I remember you, Virgil, like years ago, said that like, look, like Trump should just like take a photo of himself at a segment of the wall and just be like, yeah, we built the wall. Yeah. It's done. It's over. Yeah, we, they we just want to feel good. They want to feel like they're owning the like, libs. But no, Vir this is exactly the question that I had, Virgil, because like you know, in a, in a world of you know 
uh, where, you know, like the state can prosecute you for almost anything and throw you in jail. And like you're talking about this massive act of fraud. But here's the thing. Were any of the people defrauded by this GoFundMe no. for learning no. about it now? Are they mad or do they feel They're, like they've been victimized not. at none all? Of them have, none, none of them complained. None of them sued him. None of them, uh, you know, called the post uh, office to report this criminal. Like, these are the people who are calling the post office to report that Tom Hanks has died and been replaced by a different pedophile for, you know, magic reasons. Well, but, but, but Americans, I think, have just, it's been a long time since we, like, ever believed that we would get a return on our invest i mean yeah like star wars yeah it's you just know? to feel good you like you think about star wars and they're like we're gonna have like a missile system in space that's gonna sh-. and it's like you just start thinking about it and you're like i think it's like theranos you think about it for like a second and you're like oh wait no that's impossible and also stupid but no one ever talks about it being such a horrifying boondoggle or yeah. totally moronic and obviously moronic on its face We've just no. given up. Yeah, well, I mean, like, to, to Virgil's point, though, like, I mean, if you were to, like, if these people now who have donated, uh, you know, uh, up to $25 million overall to this this idiotic scheme um, and then claim to believe that it was possible in the first place are now reading about how guys like uh, Steve Bannon and this guy Brian Colfage have just been straight up just buying boats with this fucking money to live in palatial splendor and fucking just like live this idiotic lavish lifestyle not a single not a single one of them would feel um ripped off betrayed or lied to in any way they'd be more than happy to just donate money to these assholes so that they can buy luxury golf carts well a lot of them have uh, died by now (laughs) that is true (laughs) the rest are you know they've just as matt said just descended into uh greater depths of senility yeah uh i i wonder has is this Brian fellow, has he even been giving like desperate backer updates, you know, every few months? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I just sourced the bricks, you know, it's on, we're on the way. Don't worry about it. Well, actually, okay. Uh, the New York post actually has a very funny article about Brian Colfage today. Uh, this morning it just says inside the lavish life of alleged, we build the wall scammer, Brian Colfage. So it says here, the Iraq war veteran charged with skimming $350,000 in donations for the U.S.-Mexico border wall blew the cash on his lavish lifestyle, including a boat, jewelry, and cosmetic surgery, prosecutors said Thursday. Purple Heart recipient Bryant Colfage is accused of pocketing twenty grand a month and a $100,000 upfront payment from the viral GoFundMe fundraiser, We Build the Wall, which launched in 2018 and raised $25 million. Federal prosecutors in Manhattan said Colfage, 38, also spent the ill-gotten gains on a luxury SUV, golf cart, personal tax payments, and credit card debt. Colfage is a triple triple amputee Air Force veteran, veteran who was seriously wounded in 2004 when a rocket blew up in Iraq, the Military Times reported. He married his wife, Ashley, in 2011 after meeting her years earlier when she was a hostess at a Chili's restaurant in San Angelo, Texas. The couple lives in Miramar Beach, Florida, with their young son and daughter. A self-described brand influencer and energy drink model, Ashley has a massive online presence, posting numerous bikini shots on Instagram. On TikTok, Ashley has posed with the couple's white Range Rover and has recorded herself washing a golf cart. What's everyone's weekend plan, she wrote on the post with Brian. Always find us on a boat. It's not clear whether the boat is the same one prosecutors say was purchased with the GoFundMe donations. Uh, In 2018, the diehard Trump supporter was praised by Donald Trump Jr. for his fundraiser. 
What you guys are doing is pretty amazing, Trump Jr. said, with Brian next to with Brian next to him in a wheelchair, adding that the fundraising group showed what capitalism is all about. Man, oh man, is <laughs> yeah, that true? <laughs> Grifting the room. Originally, though, it, like the GoFundMe goes against what they believed was yeah. the ideal arrangement, which was that Mexico would pay for it. Right. They'd already admitted by even donating to it that they had been ripped. They'd been scammed by Trump, but they couldn't yeah. admit that. So they just sublimated their desire to like, well, then I'm going to do it and I'm going to own the libs. And now that's why they'll never say that they got scammed because they could never admit they were scammed. They I'm never glad admit they were to wrong. know that I'm glad to know about the Chili's waitress. Uh, yeah. Like, I like knowing that, but I'm a little sad also that I know it because I heard that he spent it on plastic surgery and I didn't think he spent it for a woman. Like, I wanted to believe he got like one <laughs> <Yeah>. calf implant. <laughs> He has no calves, Amber. Oh, I thought he had yeah. the one. Line. I mean, you could. What if he just got the calf? Just yeah. dangling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, he's missing. Like truck nuts. He, he's missing both legs from like the hip down oh, and an okay. arm. He's and just got. He's got arm. one arm. Yeah. No. Yeah. He's missing three limbs. Well, I total. didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know the math of the. You know, I had a. I had a one in four chance, really. I, I, I was hoping he would spend the money to look like you know, uh, sexy Squidward or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I just. Uh, just I got, want the plastic surgery to be for him because after you've been through that you know you want to do something nice for yourself you want to feel cute you know maybe a uh, giant uh like giant pecs or you know fillers or there are botox there some, no move face there, there is some more details about uh, ashley the social media influencer it says here continuing on uh the following year brian posted a photo of him and ashley with eric trump had a great night at Mar-a-Lago supporting We Build the Wall with the Trumpettes group, he wrote on Facebook. Colface was arrested Thursday morning along with former White House advisor Steve Bannon and two other men for their alleged roles in the scheme. Prosecutors allege that some of the cash flowed to Colfage was disguised as payments to Ashley for media purposes. Reached by phone, Ashley defended her husband, husband who was due in federal court on Florida Thursday, and said that she made her own money. I don't think he did anything wrong, she told the Post. I'll let him speak on his behalf, but I make my own money with all the stuff I do, she added. I have not spent a penny of his money on all of that. So, um, yeah, uh, they'll, be getting a, they'll be getting a new type of a wall when they're behind one in jail. But again, <laughs> what uh, was, like, wait a minute. Like I said, that, he's, the, he's charged with using $350,000 for personal purposes. So what about the other $24 million? That would, they built the wall. Yeah. There's a wall there. It's yeah. just it's the, slightly shorter than it would have been if he hadn't grifted off. It's him. just um, only two feet tall, but it, yeah. it does extend the entire border. <laughs> uh, listen That's to technically who, a wall. Uh, listen to who else was on the board of We Build the Wall. Now, keep in mind, like uh, only uh, as far as I know, Colfage and Bannon are the only ones who have been charged or arrested uh, for any of these crimes related to it. Nope. One more guy. Oh, there's one other guy. Okay. Kurt Schilling was just arrested. He was oh. just arrested. Kurt yes. Schilling? Okay, yes. I was just going to say, Kurt Schilling was on the advisory board. And he has been Kobach. He is in custody. Wait, <laughs> the, the Kurt Schilling? Yes. The Red Sox pitcher. The Red yeah. Sox pitcher. The, the bloody Sox guy who, uh, who made the video game company. Yeah, the guy who, who stole a bunch that, of money from Rhode Island to make, build a failed video game company. The guy, who, he, the guy who robbed Rhode Island. Yeah. He did. He literally did. He Lyle Landlied the whole state. Yeah. He, no, he literally, I love no, these like, small government that, conservatives. That, that, They're the best. The, 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 the Kurt Schilling video game company that he got Rhode Island to invest in literally did bankrupt the state. <laughs> well, not literally, but yeah, it was not good. Well, not literally, but yeah. 
Um, no, it was it blew a huge hole in their budget. It was a complete boondoggle. They lost millions and millions of dollars on just straight up like taxpayer money to open a video game studio in Rhode Island, I guess. What but do they have going it, on in that state? Coffee mill, uh, the mafia. Uh, the calamari, they, they showed that at the night two of the DMC. That was apparently their thing on like the state roll call. There was just this guy with a plate of fried calamari. He was like, <laughs> and, the, and the Rhode Island, the guy who, who, uh, like pledged Rhode Island's votes to Joe Biden called, referred to Rhode Island as the calamari comeback state. We lead, like, we lead the country in, in, uh, eldritch, uh, fried foods. I, I just want to interject that I read that that actually, com- um, created a stir in Rhode Island between the uh, clam-based seafood purveyors and oh. uh, squid-based seafood so purveyors. So that was uh, political. The, the clam people were very upset about the Looking at that, uh, though, it doesn't seem like, you know, video game, yeah, it sounds stupid, but they had to have something other than fucking squid or octopus or whatever, or, you know, bung, let's be honest. I just want to go down the list of the other people on this advisory board, probably people soon to be arrested in this game, but we've got Chris Kobach. Eric Prince, oh, Tom yeah. Tancredo, Sheriff David Alexander Clark. Remember that guy? Oh, baby. Oh, and uh, a bunch of other people. Um, Chris Kobach is another guy who, who had a, a, a business model around scamming people. He would go town to town like a fucking uh, water douser claiming that he was going to write strict immigration laws oh, yeah. for these towns. Uh, and then he would get a big fee from the towns for helping them draft the legislation and then it would be instantly char- challenged in court and they would have to go to the court and try to defend it and it, it ended up costing them tons of money and they would always lose because it was it was unconstitutional uh but he got to keep he got to keep his fee no matter what no These one guys are no all scamming each town, other town-based yeah. immigration law that doesn't yeah. sound right no one this works well, i mean towns can have specific rules but like the one yeah but it's like don't wear a hat on a, the, on a tuesday in front of it was German. not stuff that they could get away with <laughs> <laughs> but that that's the only hope we really have is that is that you know that does appear like there's no real wedges to you know pry loose this reptile grip from around our necks but all of these people are defrauding one another at the same time that they're 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 dominating and defrauding the rest of us i mean i just i, I return to, to 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 virgil's original point about this because like you know if, if we want to live in a society that is that is that is less punitive or like you know do, doesn't always seek to um, uh, punish things criminally. I think you would, ha- I mean, to justify this, I think you would have to find somebody who feels victimized by being ripped off by this. And I, I would be shocked. I mean, I am. I mean, I will be filing civil suit as soon as the criminal phase of the trial is over for the money I gave to We Build the Wall. Yeah, but, but you're kind of a Karen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I just, uh, th- this is a victimless crime as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah. All yeah, the these, people who the- gave gave money they already have money there does they don't need care to about be a it complaint. yeah 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 there does need to be a complaint for and also the ones the people who donated are frankly human garbage and i don't care yeah, that they yeah, lost money yeah, yeah no. these people are doing more to financially hurt racists than most people on instagram <laughs> yes absolutely absolutely this is yeah uh yeah no the victimless crime i mean to be a victim you have to be something other than uh, human garbage fit only for the toilet and, well, uh, I, don't even, money, that, I don't even agree with that, but the point still stands that they would never admit that they were ripped off. Yeah, no, never. I mean, that's money that could have gone to, like, putting bear traps in people's lawns. Instead, it went to a delightful boat. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're smart. You know, the way things are going, we're going to become an aquatic civilization pretty soon. <laughs> I'm developing gills. Uh, as long as we're talking about... Um, 
uh, wheelchair-bound Republican grifters. Uh, have you guys are you guys familiar with this Madison Cawthorn guy? Oh yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He's yes. he's he's this up-and-coming star. I think he's running for the House in uh, North Carolina, and uh, he's this very like uh, he's a, he would be the youngest person elected to Congress. I think. I think he's about twenty-four years Second old. Second youngest. Second youngest person. Yeah. He's very young. He's very like photogenic. He has this very like Chad uh, look to him. You know, he's like blonde, square jaw. He's always being um, sort of photographed with guns and things like that. But he's also wheelchair bound. And I think this is brilliant because everyone will just assume that this guy is a troop like Brian Colfage. Yeah. But really, he was paralyzed in a drunk driving accident. He, he wasn't <laughs> spring break. Yeah. Spring break, drunk driving but he accident. He keeps pointing to how he was accepted into the Naval yes, Academy, keep, which is yes. not true. <laughs> yeah, he keeps saying drunk drivers that he... are the real troops, though, because you, you have to train <laughs> before you get to a point. Where, to be what's fair, his name again? Uh, Madison, uh, fuck, uh, Madison Cawthorn. Madison Cawthorn. And uh, so anyway, I I should be clear. He was apparently not behind the wheel of the car when it crashed. His his friend was behind the wheel who had fallen asleep as they were, you know. Oh, he just got me to two hours ago. Oh, oh, wow. No, he's been to Yeah. By his by his fellow students at like Patrick Henry College, which is. Like a, yeah, no, he a, went to Patrick Henry College, school. which is like it's like a Liberty University. It's yeah. like a slightly more prestigious, like it's like the Harvard for the evangelical right. Yeah. Um but yeah, is that where all like, of these people are coming from? Yeah. Is that like is that like the one of the fucking uh uh TikTok cloud houses in LA but for the Christian <laughs> Yeah, yes, it and is. It's just it's just minting like little Nazis like this. God, well, okay, he does here's... have rape face. Yeah. Well here's the thing about about Cawthorn though, is like a uh, Virgil, yeah, like Everyone will assume he's a troop because he's in a wheelchair and is always posting with like a like he's bow hunting and or because has a fucking he, he gun. says he was he recommended says, to the Naval yeah. Institute, yeah. He but said, he was he, he omits that he was not accepted. It's a lie. It's, like, it's a lie by omission. Yeah, he's exactly like uh, it's exactly like Charlie Kirk, who just like kept saying like, oh, I would have gone to West Point, but my 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 spot was given to a woman of color or something. It's like, no, well, that's just weren't. a lie. That's yeah, no, you weren't. Like, yeah, yeah. So but uh, you, you mentioned he's got he's got the rape face. And uh, wouldn't you know it? He's also probably a Nazi because the, the controversy that happened last week prior to this uh, Me Too incident, which I haven't I don't know about, is that it, uh, people turned up. uh photos on his instagram from a year ago where he was posing with a friend in hitler's eagle's nest with the caption it's been on my bucket list forever to visit the fuhrer's bunk or like the fuhrer's command in the alps or whatever and it was just he was doing the what's it uh, the, the guy from the spurs who said like had to do it to him one time hashtag holocaust <laughs> but he was doing that for like had to do it one time hashtag hitler's evil net eagle's nest and he referred to hitler in the instagram post as the fuhrer which is like okay i understand maybe if you're interested in history i mean i personally would not i mean First of all, the eagle's nest is at the top of a mountain. So let, let's be honest, you, you would and you would put it on. You would tweet it. I wouldn't. We have I mean, evidence. I, I, no, we have evidence. We have a history. Yeah. Uh, no, but I it just refer. Yeah, you're not to, one to talk about impolitic photographs. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's what I was getting at. Thank you for driving that home, Virgil. Apparently no one caught on. Well, I wouldn't have uh, done that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't refer to Bill Cosby as the Führer or the greatest comedian of all time. But anyway, uh, I I I think that this guy has a bright future in the Republican Party because, like I said, oh, yeah. I, I think he's. I think this is going to be like this is the next wave of like what, what troubles Führer, me is there's no discernible, 
no discernible source of income. I don't even know if he has a rich family or something. Like, there's nothing. Like, this guy oh, came yeah. out of nowhere. Oh, yeah, he do? And he, he, he made says he's a, a real fake, estate broker. Right, and he, he made, made a LLC, fake, uh, yeah. a, a real estate uh, uh, equity firm uh, that's just totally on paper, and he did that right before he ran for office so he could say he's a, a you know, business win success genius. And, like, I, I also, like, he's got a lot of photos of himself um, hunting, but, like, hunting with what appears to be, like, some sort of extremely high caliber sniper rifle where it's just like it's not really not really sporting but i guess yeah. you know he is in a wheelchair so i guess you need the uh, additional caliber and telescopic uh, scope or whatever i to, have to uh, say i'm very pleased that after all the talk about how oh these young people are going to save us they're so epic they're doing all the memes that the first the first young person in congress is they're the youngest person in congress now is a fucking zoomer dr strange love yeah uh, is well, he, in he congress okay yet? by the way uh it says here that he worked at a Chick-fil-A restaurant as a teen, but also he was homeschooled. So my theory is one of those weird, wealthy evangelicals who's like, you should get a summer job but at the yeah. Christian place. Like, probably weird, wealthy, wealthy evangelicals. That's my guess, anyway. Well, uh, moving on to another, another element of uh, the conservative political universe, um, there's, there's a new excerpt from a book coming out that was uh, published in Vanity Fair today that is just all about how from day one of his presidency, uh, Donald Trump has made Sean Hannity his personal wet nurse and calls him at every like all hours of the day to rant to him and tell him what to do on his program and like specifically request to see Lou Dobbs and Dan Bongino more on Fox News and apparently this has led Hannity to pick up vaping and stress eating it says early on in the Trump age Hannity gained weight and vaped incessantly which some members of his inner circle blamed on Trump related stress um going on here it says seeking an escape from president donald trump's rambling monologues over the phone early in his presidency the fox news opinion host sean hannity turned to vaping and stress eating um the book an excerpt of which i uh, said uh hannity told a colleague if you were hearing what i'm hearing you'd be vaping too yeah uh, hearing that vaping is good for you it's healthy it may it treats your body well it cleans out the lungs it prevents covid i wonder if hannity at any point as any point has been tempted during any of these conversations to just say mr president I'm a fucking moron. <laughs> I, I'm re- I'm I'm a dumb guy. I'm like a fucking Long Island potato-headed dipshit. Like people like me because they're dumb too. I don't know anything. I'm just talking off a fucking teleprompter. I can't tell you who to assassinate. I don't know any of this stuff. I cannot handle this kind of pressure. Uh, I mean, first of all, we all have that friend, right, ladies? But. Hannity, the the one thing he is good at is being like a TV huckster. He's very good at that. Well, and he's clearly he's clearly like not happy with him. If he's all stress eating, something about it is weighing on him. I just wonder what it is then. No, I, I think I think just Trump won't get off his tit. Like I think he's just an annoying person, and you can't yeah. like hang up on him. So like, what Trump is probably like doing is trying to have like PR kikis with him. He's like, do you think I should wear the blue tie? Should I wear the red tie? Like, I think it's more like that. And like, it's because like he does, he's not asking political questions of Hannity. Hannity obviously doesn't have any political answers. The only thing that he's good at is just sort of like, you know, uh, ingratiating himself to a, a gullible audience. Which is uh, Amber, it says here, Amber, it says here, Hannity counseled Trump at all hours of the day. One of his confidants said the yeah. president... <laughs> <laughs> One of the confidants said the president treated Hannity like Melania, a wife in a sexless marriage. Arguably, he treated Hannity better than Melania. 
I but I'm just imagining like you know like you said Amber like like that that person who calls you all the time and then like you you or if you're on the phone with someone and you desperately want to get off the call but they just keep going and you yeah. have to keep saying keep looking for like ways to break in and just say something like anyway you know you're just looking yeah. for that little off ramp of the conversation but you can't do that with Trump you have to go, yeah. I have to go you know and and you can't do that to the president but yeah, no, I think it's just pure because it's like, I want to talk to the other TV man. We're both TV men. I, Let's talk about TV. I feel bad for Hannity because imagine if the president of the United States listened to this show oh God, and was constantly calling you, Will, to complain about the show, uh, to dictate the guests that he wants to come on like he's fucking calling in a play to the Super Bowl. Yeah, think about how annoying you just find uh, DMs and the Reddit. By the way, never stop DMing Virgil. Now imagine the president is DNA. Yeah, no, yeah, that's it's yeah, that's pretty pretty scary to think about. Oh man, um, but like, uh, w- what's funny is that apparently, like, you know, what what Trump would do was just he would demand Hannity have the guests that he wanted that would kiss his ass on the show. Apparently, he was a big fan of Lou Dobbs, Newt Gingrich, and Dan Bongino. But apparently, this is early in his presidency, which is interesting because I, I, we've talked a little bit, you know, uh, off the show about how. Trump has almost completely turned on Fox News by now. Like he's attacking them in his tweets. Like like he's saying that they're worse than CNN and their in their daytime coverage of of his presidency. Yep. And now he's going all in on OANN yeah. as like the only that is the new only unvarnished source of truth and journalism in America left. And I just really hope like whether he gets another term or not, like oh, like when he is out of the White House, like he will be. He, I want him to buy OANN and make it just the twenty-four hour Trump TV channel. Like maybe he'll host a show. Maybe he'll just be like sort of a Roger Ailes figure to it. But I mean, that is the TV network that will become like the QAnon news organization. Yeah. That will become the the pure representation of like alternate reality for that segment of Trump's America, for which Fox News is just not hitting like it used to. You know what I'm saying? Like they're they're licking the baggie at five a.m. in the morning. They need it. They need something harder. They need a better fucking dose. First of all, great idea, and I want to see more of uh, Chanel, Nami, Dane, and Ryan. Do you know that girl? No, who's that? Uh, she um. Chanel Ryan, first of all, super cute. She looks like a K-pop star. She's like 30 years old. She's on OANN? Yeah. So she was invited back. I'm just reading here. She was invited back by his press secretary when other journalists in Ryan's network were removed for refusing to adhere to social distancing guidelines and corona briefings. So, like, they are the spreader network. Um, (laughs) But he likes her so much, she got, like, a special invite back. She's got an amazing past. Um, born uh, in 1990, named Chanel Me Dane Ryan. Her name is the result of her father's many identities. He is 72, born Danny Prebooth, son of Kansas psychic Alen Cunningham. Uh, the property developer and lawyer has used many names of the years. Christopher Prebooth, Dan Ryan, Danford Me Dane Ryan, Michael David Ryan, David Michael Ryan, and the most recent of all, Dan O'Ryan, with two N's. Dan with two N's. Uh, Ryan has also never spoken about her mother's South Korean family history, nor has she mentioned her grandmother, who is believed to be a psychic, reportedly uh, for, had reportedly foreseen Oprah Winfrey's success. She has also remained quiet on the accusations surrounding her father, lawsuits claiming uh, he made millions duping property investors in te- Texas under multiple names, 
Ryan gave a 13-page statement where she revealed that her father has been uh, very honest with regard to his real estate business and has been wrongfully accused. Apartments were offered plainly visible and sold as is with the express uh, understanding they were renovation projects, only that would require large and expensive repairs of an indeterminate nature, she shared. She added the untruthful allegations, the accusations, that's all caps, were the screamings of vultures trying not to pay what they owed and the consequence of several mortgagers ganging up to, ganging up is in quotations, to collaborate and escape uh, payment of their respective million-dollar mortgages. Vultures is spelled (laughs) V-U-L-C-H-E-R-S. She's amazing. Watching her, want her to have a lifetime movie, and yeah. If that's the sort of person that OAN is producing, like I want to watch that. Um, well, yeah, like I, I, I think it will become the, the QAnon news channel. But like, there was some good QAnon news this week because for the first time ever, journalists have started asking Donald Trump about QAnon. And the first time he was asked, he sort of uh, didn't answer the question and just sort of said, "Yeah, we're doing great. Like we're doing wonderful, big things," you know. And then, like, of course, QAnon supporters viewed that as a validation of them this is what they've been waiting for forever is like a, a, a trump to sort of like openly lend credibility to them or, or or sort of looking they're looking for like some clue to let on that like he's following along with it or you know he is q or knows who q is or is part of this part of the great plan right but then just a couple of days ago uh some journalist asked him again about it and was like um, you know, QAnon uh, believes that a uh, satanic cabal of pedophile cannibals are running the country and that you're fighting them. Like, you know, do, do you support this or agree with it? And Trump just said, like, what? We're not supposed to support the good things? Like, we are making the world better. No, he and goes, was, the first thing he said was, he goes, well, th- would that be so bad? Because yeah. the way she framed it was so perfect and so perfectly em- emblematic of how they just, after all this time, they still don't, they get, don't him, get him, even though if they've been in front of him all this time and listening to him nonstop and fi- fixating on him for four years, is that if you say, so these guys think that there's this awful group of pedophile cannibals and that you're stop, you're fighting them, that they're, he's going to hear pedophile cannibals and have some sort of like decorum light go on in his head to say, oh, that's crazy. That's beyond the pale. That's conspiracy theory. I have to denounce that. And not hear, you're the one fighting them. That's what he heard. So she's yep. telling him this fantasy that now he gets to take an imprint on his brain, which is just a big piece of Play-Doh. And so now he gets to put that, like rub that newsprint against his brain. So the next time he's thinking about the unfair Democrats who are being very unfair to him, he can think, and people are saying more and more that they eat, eat kids. They're eating kids. They're doing horrible things to the children. And they might actually get, I mean, my God, they could get their fucking military coup uh, out and make manifest reality by imprinting it onto fr- Trump's brain. It, they are modern alchemists. Yeah, but they, Trump they are, always turns on people eventually, though, too. And, like, you know, he's, that's why he has such a huge turnover with any sort of position he assigns anyone. I mean, like, it's just, it's only a matter of time before he turns on OAN, too. He falls in love too easily. He falls like deeply and passionately in love, imagines a slight or a transgression through like a deeply sort of paranoid insecurity. Thinks they're trying to undermine him, take him place, or they aren't supporting him enough, and then he'll turn on them too. That is going to be the best moment, is when like even the cranks, when he turns on the cranks, because they won't turn on him. They're deeply loyal, but he will get suspicious. 
I mean, it's hard to imagine Trump turning on QAnon because I think in one of the questions that he was asked about it, he was just like, I, I, I know that they like me very much. Yeah, that's all he much, knows is I that they like I very much appreciate him. that because it is a mythology in which he is the unambiguous hero of and it. And he could never what, be bad. They yeah. could never tur- He could never turn on them. I, I, I just I think that like regardless of the outcome of this election, like QAnon will be the future of the Republican Absolutely. Party. Absolutely. It's the, the only way to square movement. the circle. You know, psych- like, psychically. Like, like both outcomes are like as satisfying to them as as you know like it can just it, it, it'll spin off like it, it, it is a ready-made answer for for everything and i think you know like there have been a couple of like open q people who have now won republican primaries and are almost certainly going to serve in the next house of representatives and i think it's just like that's good it's going to go more and more in that direction which is funny but also disturbing because like as we've discussed about like in our coverage or, you know in, in joking about QAnon like people shouldn't forget that the end goal of QAnon like the payoff that they're looking for is the, a military coup that will round up and execute all political opponents of Donald Trump and you know whoever them and like whoever they're mad at like that is the goal that they're looking for I mean a lot of them claim it's already happened and thanks to cloning and you know th- 3D deep fake you know fucking technology uh, all of our, all the political enemies have already been executed. But like, I just think it's a whether they get what they want or they're thwarted in some way. Uh, like like QAnon and and this fantasy of basically like the night of the rope is what they're all grasping for. It's what it's the payoff that they're hoping for. It's what they're fantasizing about. And now that some of them are in Congress themselves, it's what they're going to be working towards. So fairly disturbing to think about, but uh, funny nonetheless. on now uh, to the other side of the aisle. Uh, we should talk a little bit about uh, the Democratic National Convention. We've been watching it over the past two nights and I want to blow my brains out. But before we get into there, uh, I just think like I want to talk about something that uh, I think is indicative of the overall direction of the Democratic uh, this, this convention that's going on right now and the party and this election. And I'm talking, of course, about just this morning on um, Nancy Pelosi endorsed JK the third against Ed Markey which is seems to go against like the D triple C as far as uh, the house of representative goes, it was her official rules that said that you can't, you can't endorse a fucking primary challenger against an incumbent. But because this is the Senate, it's, I guess she can go and cut against that. And that's like, there's this whole weird thing about they're backing JK the third because they want one of their guys from the house of representatives to knock off someone who's long sitting in the Senate. It's all this big, like dick measuring between the house and the Senate. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just like this is the direction of the party, which is you get nothing. You get nothing. They're like, like we will offer you nothing. Fuck you. Die. That that is the message here with. Uh, and she, she said that she endo- she's endorsing J.K. the third because she was disturbed by Ed Markey's attacks on the Kennedy legacy. <laughs> and specifically, <laughs> there was the there's a line and it was a great line at the end of the last Markey uh, ad where he says, with all due respect, it's time to start asking what your country can do for you, which is a great line at a time when people feel completely abandoned by their fucking country and, and mm-hmm. just asked to, sh- asked 
to sacrifice towards no end without any under any any implicit yeah. uh, guarantee that it's going to mean anything. Uh, and that is the thing that apparently rung nancy's bell and made her realize this has to be suppressed we cannot get the proles in their head the idea that there is anything to be asked of us yes that all there is to do is to suffer and to deal with it and we're here to help you well not, we're here no, to not hold your that. hand along the way it also not speaks it. to her age too where she's like we must preserve the kennedy legacy well yeah i mean these, these like, boomers have a lot to do with a that fucking yeah. shit about camelot yeah. And it's already preserved at the CIA headquarters <laughs> in, the, in the cryogenic. All, the, all they do is uh, eat hot shit and die. Like, no one gives a shit about the fucking Kennedys anymore. Well, I mean, but people no, over Matt, 60 do, for sure. Matt, but that but Matt, it, that's all the people they talk to. Yeah, ever. yeah. Uh, Matt, to your point, and, and we can get into uh, the, the last couple nights of the DNC that we've been watching. And you just, I don't know what, what, what your guys' highlights were from that. But it's, it's, it's not just that, like, it's just like, uh, you can ask for nothing. That like it's 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 they are managing people's perceptions in such a way that like that, that the idea that you would hold out or expect anything in return from them is is the, the the exact opposite of that is the message that they're going for and it's not only that like you we have nothing to offer you don't ask you get nothing it's also that it's all on you it is all your responsibility to fix all these problems by voting. And it's just like, yeah, like, yeah, like, oh, oh, COVID, racism, uh, Trump, like all, all the inequality, uh, the global warming, all, all these problems that like these intractable fucking metastasizing problems that our, our country is fucking suffering from. It's all on you. It's your responsibility to do something about it. Don't ask us. And the, or just the only thing you can do is vote for us. And we will not even fucking offer you even the slightest indication of like policy or anything in return whatsoever. Like this, this is the unmistakable message from watching two nights of this fucking horrific spectacle of the DNC. You have to vote. You ha- it's your responsibility to vote for us. We not we're not promised anything. Anything certainly. Uh, but if you want anything bad to end, you have to vote for us. And if the bad thing keeps happening, it's because you didn't vote hard enough. I'm afraid. Did you? I'm sorry. Did you notice the some of the language they used in the sloganeering? Because it was all platitudes. It wasn't really like. Because of, like, the weird structure of the Zoom everything, it was, like, very, like, I don't know, it was very weird. It was a series of, like, PowerPoint presentations and, like, commercials for, you know, Facebook or whatever. But did you notice that a lot of the language they used, I thought, like, this is the sort of thing that Republicans would have said in the 90s. They kept yeah. using oh, yeah. they kept mm-hmm. using the word opportunity. Mm-hmm. America yep. will give you opportunity. We're not going to give you a thing, <laughs> but we're going to give you the opportunity yeah. To, you know, we'll, we'll set we'll set you up and then you can do something. Contestants on Family Double there have an opportunity to win an all expenses paid vacation to Hawaii. Yeah, uh, this is a point Chris made when we were when we were streaming this last night is that like in, in all their all the big primetime speeches too when they address, uh, the, you know, the like I said, these intractable, awful problems that continue to plague American society. It's always about the opportunity to fight for changing these problems. It's never yeah. like achieving anything. It's never like we're going to stop this. It's certainly we'll never like, this. here's a thing we will give you. And, and, and you know, like a, the perfect example of this was this, the Obama speech last night, which, I mean, we can get into that. Like the, it's just it, the, the kayfabe about like, was there ever any chance 
that pe- anyone was going to watch this and be like, well, that was fucking underwhelming. I guess he really phoned that in. No, immediately just pre-written, like we said, it's like uh, the SNL sketch about, sketch about uh, Gerald Ford dead today. It's just like, an overdose of crack cocaine. Uh, like, you know, pre- these pre-packaged, pre-written things that it was the most stirring, um, amazing moment in our political history ever. But the, the one thing I gleaned from that is he talked about how, like, um, you know, like uh, our, our grandparents or like previous generations who fought for civil rights or who fought in the Civil War or, you know, who came to this country as immigrants and like struggled to get their piece of the American dream. He was like, you know, they still bought into the system like they still voted or like so like they had an excuse to complain, like whereas you have none. Like yeah. you have no reason to fucking be mad at the government or American society. So like if 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 they didn't check out, like, you know, you have to fucking vote and, you know, get everyone excited about the Biden Harris ticket. And then the other big thing I took away, or at least reading the reactions to Obama's speech from these fucking brain dead liberals, is there they were all just like, I've never seen Obama scared before. And it was so <laughs> chilling. It was so chilling and shocking to just see the fear in his eyes and voice about the stakes in this election. It's like finding out that your dad is like, you know, lost his job or something. What's he like, afraid of? He's got a moon base to go on. <laughs> yeah. He's got a fucking orphan ribcage mansion to live on underneath the earth. Yeah. Well, That's I mean, the- I, I hear Martha's Vineyard is suffering from a really bad Japanese beetle infestation right now, and they oh, destroy the rose bushes immediately. <laughs> Can't stop thinking That's about it. Just the mirror image of the QAnon people who watch Obama and say, "I saw his eyes flash red, and I saw a demon." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, just just the just sucking him off, and like we, you know, we watched that speech, and it's just like living in a different universe because it seemed to me like uh, it was poorly delivered phoned in and it's just transparently that he does not give a fuck about any of the people watching it crying uh fucking being like i love you obama like could not give less of a shit but here's the other thing we were talking about watching this shit it's a point you brought up matt is that like whenever you complain about it or like just just be like oh god this dnc it couldn't get any it just it can't possibly get any worse than this shit is that you're just reminded over and over again by these smug assholes that like oh like this is not for you you're not the if you're a democratic voter or even like a progressive a liberal or even just committed to the democratic party this whole convention and everything you're seeing is not for you you're not the intended audience and you can't look at it that way so that when these people praise it or talk about how successful or stirring and inspiring it is what they're doing is that they're imagining a totally made up person in their head who's impressed by this shit yeah. and like so Matt, it's like totally you said it's like we don't from any reality it's a fantasy of someone else Yes. It's your own and, feelings transmitted into a, a, a projected fake persona. It was an investor like, presentation. It was meant yeah. for a small group of super donors and then the fucking like absolute deluded cucks that believe that there's some sort of popular investment in this farce of a spectacle of an event. Or, or even more explicitly, it's for Republican voters. It's it's all about giving Republican voters permission to vote for the Democrats because Trump is so indecent or so so like such a break from norms of American tradition. And it's like that's why they're wheeling out a fucking the John McCain package about what good friends he was with Biden and fucking Colin Powell getting Colin Powell out there. It's like we said, like if, if you're telling me Trump is the most evil guy in American history, what the fuck does that make Colin Powell? 
And what does it say to you a about goddamn the heat? American hero? Thank you, sir. But what does it say about like the the ticket that you're running? That Colin Powell feels okay fucking endorsing it. Not only that, that he feels okay to endorse it, pub- endorse this ticket publicly, but that they feel fucking proud to bring him out there and fucking be like a, proud of the fact that he supports them. I'm still just By baffled way, John that, Nick- that even after fucking 2016, they're like, all right. We really got to get the moderate Republicans. Yep, well, it's the only ones they can get. Because and it might, and it might work else this would time require too. breaking that compact of not talking about any significant change. Exactly, I, I like they would they, have to do that to to do anything other than appeal to Republicans. So they just have to double and triple down. I don't think they uh, but, will, and I think I think the Republicans are pretty much on board with fucking Trump now. No, it doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't have to work. They still hold control of the party. It doesn't matter if they win or lose. It, it, yeah, because they know that if you're not a committed Republican voter, you have nowhere to fucking go. Yeah. And the only option you're going to have is, like I said, to vote for the Republican Party of 1996. It were it not beholden to socially conservative voters. That's a John Negroponte endorsed Biden this morning. John Negroponte, a guy who was personally in charge of fucking death squads that disappeared like labor uh, union members and leftists in Central America in the 80s, like a, a, a fucking Elliot Abrams level fucking genocidal war criminal. Happy to have him on board. Come on in. At least he's not Donald Trump. And it's just like uh, uh, the other the other perfect example from last night was Elizabeth Warren's speech. And the thing everyone is fucking just creaming themselves over this morning is that she spelled out BLM in children's toy blocks in a kindergarten wow. classroom yeah. behind her. Google it's like Gaga. it could not be more transparent that they're just saying you are babies all this shit that you care about <laughs> is like just saying, I want my baba. And we'll give you, I put we're going to give you the Black Lives Matter toys like a pacifier to shut you up because it couldn't be further removed from the things that we care about. It's just you are babies. Well, and the way they're reacting to it are, are like babies who've been given a toy. Well, even the, the, the presentation of it, like Patrick Sandberg said this. He's like, I was watching it and I realized this is Sesame Street. Like the way it's edited it's like, you know, um, you know, it's like Sesame Street. You'll learn about the letter B and then you'll sing a song about the moon and then you'll watch a Muppet do a thing. It's like these very short vignettes of, uh, of like activity, close ups on faces because babies like faces, bright colors, um, and then on to the next thing. It's nothing yeah. particularly substantive. They're little, it's, it's modeled after children's television programming from mm-hmm. the children's television workshop brought to you by PBS and viewers like you. Like it yeah. is exactly it, that model. It is made. And that's why, that's why Sesame Street is brilliant because that kind of programming is the only thing that sticks in a three-year-old's or two-year-old's head. And now that's what we are. At least Sesame Street was, was like sort of the, the, the wholesome and nourishing. Or no, Sesame Street is great because it's yeah. for two and three-year-olds. Yeah. I like the contrast we're going to get this uh, in the next two weeks. This week, it's Sesame Street. Next week, Scorpio Rising. I said, I said it's going to be, a Ken- I said it's going to be Sesame Street, Kenneth Anger. It's yeah. going to be amazing. Yes. Yeah. Kenneth Anger does a Super Bowl halftime show. It's going to be yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's just guys in leather jackets and sailors on stage. Yeah. It's going to be great. A giant pyramid behind them. Yeah. Just like colors shooting at you oh it's gonna be fucking great i mean the other thing that i took away from last night like if i'm going to project as i'm 
counseled to by by our wise political observers in the media to, you know, this isn't for me. You have to imagine like, you know, an undecided voter or someone in real America who's, you know, doesn't want to be they don't want to be too scared off by things like policy or, you know, what I'm going to do in office. If I was that imaginary person, like, for instance, listening to that shit last night or like uh, Kamala's big, big speech or whatever, she did not they did not say almost anything about like what what we're going to do or like fix in terms of like this fucking pandemic or they just said we're going to we're going to end the pandemic okay great i i hope so but like instead what we got was just this like fucking just this 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 just fucking roll call of just biography i mean kamal was up there just talking about fucking her grandparents and her aunts and the way she was raised and the way joe was raised and i'm just like dude Everyone is getting evicted. Nobody has a job. Everyone's fucking grand- grandparents are dying of this fucking plague. And it's just like, why? I don't give a shit about your childhood or like what a good person you are or your family narrative or anything. Just give, give, there's nothing there. And like, I guess the, what, what we're being told is like that imaginary American person, like that's what they care about. They just want to know that they like you. Or like like you said, Matt, they want they want the good person on TV. They want their friends to be on television and have some buy in to this. Yeah, like they want to know that she had a family and wasn't you know hatched from an egg. That she was produced as mammals are from a, a yeah. Womb. There's a little that bit of birth. There's a little bit too much uh, protesting there. It's like like a, like like other humans uh, born in the United States. I of course enjoyed uh, food and uh, and recreation as a child. <laughs> <laughs> It's like it certainly wasn't poured out. Certainly did not emerge from a pupa, from a throbbing egg sac underneath the <laughs> Pentagon. That's that. That definitely. My my first years weren't just like in a giant terrarium eating uh, hobos they threw in with me. That didn't happen at all. I was enjoying baseball. But I mean, uh, from what you guys have have watched or seen, uh, and any other highlights from the DNC that stick out in your mind? It's just so fucking boring. And it's just yeah, no, such just a- how dull it was. How oh, just well, crushingly well, but- depressing. A more perfect union, we the people. <laughs> I, I did like the parade of states. That was fun. I like the parade of states. That I was. Did, I did like that. That was like the one element of like this hideous like Zoom reality of human interaction that, that I thought was uh, sort of charming in a way because like some of them were deeply alienating, some of them were kind of cute. Um, it was just like you know, but also I just felt remember feeling like too many states consolidate them, get rid of most of it them. It felt like Miss America. Yeah, you know, yeah. they go out. They're like, "I'm from Vermont, and here I am representing cheese or whatever." There was a, a, a Catherine wrote a fucking like uh, just a review of like all all fifty all fifty seven of them because including the territories as well. There was one very unsettling oh, one which was American Samoa, and it was these two like nice uh, like uh, American Samoan people up front, and then they're flanked by guys in military uniforms wearing black oh, masks. Oh, it looked like they were being like about to be executed or something. It was very unsettling. But then my personal favorite was Ohio, where it just starts. It's a, a lone guy in the middle of the field. The camera's like thirty yards away from him. He's standing in front of a fucking wind turbine, yelling. Ohio. It seems like every time working people believe in a Donald Trump promise, they wind up getting screwed. And it's just like angry guy in a field <laughs> yelling at the camera is like that was like pure Ohio. He, he wasn't even a, yeah, he wasn't even a politician. They just found an, a guy from Ohio who was just screaming. So you like that part of this because it alludes to a form of media 
that's at least more advanced than a baby show for three-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. Which I yeah. mean, reality television. Like, there's a little bit, you know, there's a little bit more spectacle involved. Yeah, there. yeah. Well, in which pageantry, why... too, like, that's Trump. Who who loved, you know, the Miss America pageant? It's... Which is why I, I, I find this so depressing, is it's how inept this performance is when, you know, you have the support of every single Hollywood sicko. Like, you could make something a little more exciting and big budget and, you know, like, obviously, it's as, as contentless and frivolous, but still entertaining. Well, they that's have one so of the money. Good. What are the production that's, values? But that's one of the reasons that they could, they're, they're losing this battle to the Republicans, even though their positions, you know, uh, the positions that they do differ with Republicans are, are broadly more popular. Uh, it's because they have a hand tied behind their back and that they feel like they have to maintain a fiction of a political veil. The idea that there's a political zone that is separate from the spectacle, that's separate from entertainment, and that has to be respected, especially with Trump as president, Mr. Fucking TV Show. We don't want to, we don't want to like make that. We don't want to exacerbate this horror. Well, that, that, would, that would work are, if they if they had any dignity or principle. Well, that's or the thing. exactly. They have nothing, and they've also denied themselves the ability to actually like use some of their movie magic and uh, cultural Marxist trickery to actually do anything because it's it, it permeates a membrane that they won't go by just because of their own uh, super ego uh, uh, trap that all democrats are are, are fixated within whereas the but republicans are just going ham like next week is going to be off opposite, the list but that's the opposite lesson they should have learned because trump yes. won the spectacle yeah. won every everyone yes. can but can see this win. we're all enmeshed in it but uh, there's no so incentive for them win. to win because winning isn't the point. That's why yeah. they'll never absorb a lesson because they don't have to win. You can win the hearts and minds of people without spectacle if you have like a spine, but they've just they know they're not going to do that. They know they're not going to run politically. So why not just fucking have a monster truck show? Just be like no. do what he does and be like, you know, if you don't have any fucking principles, you're not going to win pretending to have principles. And uh, people Americans it? will always like you know they'll they'll like a, a, a an honest right winger more than a dishonest left winger. So just fucking wet t shirt contests, monster trucks. Who gives a shit? They're, uh, Virgil, they're trapped to your by point, the super ego. They can't do it. They wouldn't. To your point by the uh, to your point about the the uh, the lack of production values. Uh, the perfect example of that was last night. I think it was right before um, uh, Kamala's address. Uh, they just like the, the the proceedings ground to an absolute halt for about five to six minutes when they just played just straight unedited straight unedited C-SPAN footage of Obama giving Joe Biden from like the, the back oh, of the yes! room. It was, yes! it was from the back of the room. It was just a sea of heads. And it was it was Barack Obama on his like last day in office giving Joe Biden the presidential medal of uh, uh, uncles or like the, the <laughs> he was just like number one friend in America. Like he gave Joe Biden some some of uh, some medal that's very important. That was just the presidential medal of friendship or something. Yeah. And it Which was just a six minute ironic because yeah. he's not a hero. He didn't do anything. If you're an undecided voter, you're watching that and thinking, well, he's won something. So, yeah, it's a it's a presidential friendship bracelet. But it, but it was actually like to Will's point, it was the worst footage that like they couldn't find anything better. It was just it was just the ninety percent of the screen was like a bunch of like two hundred dollar DC haircuts. It was a sea of heads, sea of heads. That's, a, that's exactly <laughs> what it was. Oh, um, I enjoyed yeah. the uh, the clapping board. <laughs> The, the wall that they rolled in that had all these people. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah, I, I, I kept thinking oh, that was see surreal. Paul 
Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. You know what it that was, was? That's the end of a king, the King of Comedy mm-hmm. when he's imagining yes, everyone yes. applauding him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. No, the end of King of Comedy, he actually does get the TV show, right? It's not just imaginary. No, People he goes do to love jail, him. but it's, oh, it's implied that he might. It's implied that he might. Okay. Um, I, okay, like the other, I guess, just like a, a, a aesthetic element of the two nights that I've watched. And like I said, I am. It, what, these two nights have made me more depressed than like anything that's happened during COVID or yeah. shelter in place or anything. Just, just exposing. I, I've been it, both nights left me feeling profoundly like sad and upset in a way that like being cooped up indoors for five months hasn't yet done to me. This definitely did. And uh, an element to that was like both in Liz Warren's speech last night and uh, Doctor Doctor Joe Biden's keynote address. Doctor Joe Biden. Doctor Joe Biden's uh, keynote address. They were both addressing the nation from empty schools and yeah. like a- empty <laughs> classrooms, which I, right. I, I made this point both times on the stream. It's like there's something very unsettling about an empty school. It really yeah. does just imply death. Now, it's like children of men. You wait for a fucking deer to come in and just start snouting around by the fucking chalk. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it, it is also like not being aware of how fucking weird and freaky that is just sort of speaks to their, oh, this is wholesome, but it's like, you know, people are haunted by recent well, maybe events, that's right? the idea, though. And like, maybe you they look want haunted. To that. Someone said, maybe they want to evoke that, though. Uh, like, you, oh, remember yeah. how bad everything is? Yeah. Things suck now. Right. We're, you want, well, they're, they're, well that, 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 that's the thing. This, is, this all goes down to the, the lack of imagination that we have because no one can imagine what a Joe Biden administration looks like, what a post Trump yeah. America looks like. It simply does not exist. Nobody has the fucking brain space for that anymore. So, like a normal convention, you know, there would be some kind of narrative, right? Like, okay, we'll show how things are shitty right now, how abject everything is. But then we're going to show here's the beautiful utopian future of joe biden's america but they don't have that because it doesn't exist because mm-hmm. joe biden's not even a guy who exists he doesn't even know what that would be so they've got nothing so i think tonight is just going to be uh you know thursday night last night is just going to be uh here's just more despair and then joe's going to come in well, shuffle on. In, in both like uh in both nights, be a lot of also i bet you joe it's, it's going to be uh pre-tape and there's just going to be a lot of weird jump cuts <laughs> like a fucking <laughs> like a youtuber video well, because they, I, joe biden <laughs> yeah um yeah uh, the other thing is like, you know, like they, they, they had references to the abject misery and despair of life in this country right now. Like they had these couple of these like pre-edited packages where they talk to people who like, you know, a, a parent has been deported under Trump and they, they're just like wondering, you know, when I'll be able to see my dad again or, you know, kids who have been shot in their classrooms. But then worst of all was the night that was dedicated to health care. And it was like Joe Biden in front of the hologram screen talking to like people who have cancer and are like suffering from fucking. That was the one thing that like truly put I, I, I literally couldn't watch it because of how grotesque it was. It was like Joe Biden addressing his victims. You know, it was like like it was a, like a shit. It was like a uh, serial killer. Like I gave you all the clues, Mr. Policeman. Yeah. It's like they're telling these people to their face that like, yeah, uh, just Obamacare is all you're going to get. And we may not even give you that. I love taunting people who need health care. It's better than going to the malt shop with a girl. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, a motorcycle. Like, I'm glad I didn't see that one. That one it might have been. It was really, boiling. really upsetting. It yeah. was really yeah. upsetting because it was just like they're 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 referencing like this, the, the, like the agony and pain that exists in this country. But they're using it to create, like I said, their own version of a spectacle, which is like they 
just siphon grief. off like a, like a, like grief, like an emotional vampire, but putting it towards an agenda that, like I said, explicitly is telling everyone you get nothing. Yeah. Shut up, you, you dumb lose. fucking baby. Opportunity. Opportunity. You get opportunity. Again, this that that is a word that is a Republican word twenty years ago. Or you get thirty less. seconds in the tube full of spinning dollar bills. Yeah. <laughs> the money machine. Yeah. And then also, like, whenever they if they reference foreign policy or like trotting out guys like Colin Powell, what they say is the other Republican trope of like of yesteryear, which is American leadership. Like we, um, the America and the world needs a real president now more than ever. And I'm just saying, like, forget like forget four years of Trump, but like, what is in your head now, after especially after COVID, to think that like. America could even provide global leadership, much let alone, much less that you would want America to be in a position of global We're leadership, given what we state. Yeah, like we got problems. It's it's really bad. It's really bad out there. And like I said, I mean, I guess just like to to sum things up, like uh, uh, Matt. I mean, like just like when when you, me, and Felix were watching night two, and then this was really underscored last night as well. Is that it? Just all seemed like a fucking wake. Yeah, it seemed like a funeral for America, and like the way there was just like we've talked about this so many times before. Like the way so many people, like independently of one another, have explicitly stated like Joe Biden is so good at comforting people and feeling their grief and like speaking at funerals and shit like that. This this felt like a funeral for like it's just like death was it, just the theme not only of did everything. It feel like a funeral. It felt like a funeral where the deceased was in the coffin. Behind the podium and in all the pews, yeah, like they just st- they they put up a bunch of stiffs from the morgue uh, uh, and lined them up in the seats, and then put one behind the 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 podium to pretend to be doing a eulogy. Yeah, they and, they uh, buried I mean, him standing up for sure. Yeah. And, and and this and this gets to your point, Matt. That like uh, you mentioned before about how like this election really is about like the two ways that you can get old and die in America, or like the two ways psychologically you can deal with that. And this DNC has just been like a just a, a spectacle of death about that's about accepting death and sort of facing it with dignity or if not dignity, then a certain resignation. And the Republican convention next week is going to be a spectacle of death, too. But it's about killing other people. Yes, yeah, it's not no, about it's, suffering. It's about inflicting, which is way more fun. If it's all going to be in your head, what's the more enjoyable fantasy? And, and Biden, crucially, though, it's, it's fucking Biden Harris 2020. Go gently into that good night. Yeah, and you know, crucially though, it's not like if the Democrats are in power, like there'll there'll be any less death or cruelty in America, but we'll feel we'll feel bad about it though. Might be like, that's the difference. might be more abroad. Yeah, and, and yeah, we'll we'll feel bad about it, or we won't gloat about it. Whereas, like the RNC is absolutely going to be a carnival of horrors, absolutely, and just a absolute celebration of fucking death and misery, but crucially that like it makes you feel good because you're doing it to other people right that's what's so uh illustrative about your example of the obamacare segment it's like uh biden talking to someone it's uh saying oh you're dying because you don't have health care you can't afford your prescription medications yeah that's us we made this we we are the last ones to actually legislate a big change to our health care system that's all us and uh no i i have no further promises for you and you can (laughs) extend that to uh, say the, these police murders and the the the, the maltreatment of migrants, uh, and uh, yeah, sure. How about climate collapse as well? <laughs> the best you're going to hope for is a ACA for all of those problems. 
Think <laughs> yep. about how much you love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and like again, and that's why uh, Pelosi's endorsement of fucking uh, Joe Kennedy the third is so funny because it's like, you know, Ed Markey is not anywhere close to being like a Bernie Sanders no. or like an Ilan Omar or like mm. any sort of like firebrand upstart. Like he's a fucking died in the wool Democratic politician, but he did help write the Green New Deal. And you can't let people, you can't establish a precedent where th- that is seen as a dividing line between him winning and losing is his support for some sort of like semi-ambitious legislation to deal with climate change or like uh, ameliorate any of these problems in like a big or even any way that even pretends to be like big, bold or up to the fucking problem at hand, which sadly the Green New Deal probably isn't. But I mean, it's it's something, I guess. But like it's they cannot huge. Allow- I, by the way, the, the Green New Deal should not be like completely like, well, well, it's just this one little thing. It is big. It is actually pretty ambitious. But it's it completely precludes market solutions. So there's no way they could have again, they, they, they do want an ACA for climate change. It's just it's just even even that standard of Markey is like is is too far for them to go. And like and and I, I think Markey is probably going to win. But I mean, it's just like, what is Pelosi getting out of this endorsement? Like, I, he I don't know. He disrespected just... the Kennedy legacy. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you he's, go. He's the Sirhan Sirhan of this election. cycle. <laughs> <laughs> Or he's the Ted Kennedy of this life. <laughs> We're all the Mary Jo Kopechny. We're going to be yeah. left in the car no matter what. <laughs> Don't worry. They left the music on. Playing our favorite music. I believe they were, uh, you know what I think was playing on the, uh, the stereo? I think it was Aqualung. <laughs> oh! Oh! Zing. Uh, God damn. We should uh, make sure to end on. Well, okay. I guess that's as, uh, yep. that's as, that's a good as place as any to wrap things up for today. Indeed. Uh, I, I, I hope you don't want to kill yourself as much as I do. <laughs> God damn. This is like, this is like I said, this is such, such a grim spectacle. And I just, I, I go back to 2016 when we were in Philadelphia watching that convention and just thinking like, oh, fuck, like they're going to lose this election and then just swallowing that and pushing it way down and denying it. And, you know, Amber, we talked about on the show last night. It's just like I feel like it's so hard to just like not be held hostage by just being sort of battened about by the waves of like news cycles and feelings in this election. Like uh, going back and forth between being like, yeah, Biden's definitely going to win this. Like Trump is just too fucking stupid. Like this country's too fucked up to feeling now like, oh, my God, like they, they, Trump is definitely going to win. And it's just like I have to keep that at bay because yep. it's just like this year more than anything is like there is absolutely nothing that has happened in the past that can be used to predict any future outcome. Like if not like this year, more than any time in American history ever, probably. Yeah. So like, and and, now, and more than ever, like, you know, whatever the fucking empty classrooms, the, the zoom DNC, like it's never been more clear that we have nothing to do with American politics that it is something yep. that happens without our participation. Yeah. That is two yep. warring firms, um, both basically trying to merge with one another at this point, whether that's a hostile takeover or, you know, some sort of, you know, the Democrats trying to make a deal. Uh, we are not involved. It has nothing to do with us. Politics has less to do with American civilians than it ever has. So, yes. at the very least, enjoy it. You know, 
And if, if Trump wins, that's going to be why, because, you know, the normal rules of government say if you preside over a depression and a pandemic, that is your fault. <laughs> At the same time, you probably yeah. should get yeah. good lose. You did a bad that job. Implies, that implies an electorate that, that has been the case in most of you know, American history and what people base their predictions of the future on past experience, which is, well, you've got the committed partisans who are about equal, and then you've got this group of sort of, you know, non-ideologically committed voters, and they're going to go off things like unemployment rate and number of people killed by virus. Uh, <laughs> but I think what we're seeing is a process by way that, pe- that people, those unideological, non-consciously ideological voters, are realizing, oh, what we're realizing, oh, this doesn't actually impact anything anyway. And so that's, that means if they stop participating, it's just down to the deluded remnants who have created these cargo cult around these political parties and believe the shit that they say, which means that conditions don't actually matter because they're going to be processed ideologically by the people who are going to actually vote. And as long as it's about an equal number of people, <laughs> that means that, that one of them is going to be totally resistant to anything. million people die, well, a deep state, Chinese, whatever. It's, or it was vice versa. If it was, if it was under Democrat, the Democrat would figure out a way that it was not their fault. Just and, and it would just come down to relax. like, yeah, it's it's going to come down one way or another to just their ability to turn out their core people as fewer and fewer people who are not already completely like ensconced in a delusional ideology related to these parties and what they're capable of, uh, uh just checks out. Well, and, and, and again, I guess, like, like I, I, I'm not saying politics is over or whatever. But, well, electoral, but, the but, presidential politics but, at this point yes, certainly is. But this election is over. Yes. There's nothing yes, you can do to influence it, and there's nothing you can do to predict the outcome. Yes. So just treat these fucking TV shows like what they are, TV shows. And please don't spend any time agonizing about who to vote for. Yeah. Individually. You're the one person. What do you do with your vote? Shove it up your ass. It doesn't fucking matter. Mm, politics is just, it's one, I'm I'm. I'm waiting to see who the president is, and then I'll start working on it. But I'm waiting to see who they decide. Yeah, yeah. I'm letting the I'm letting the dishes soak. Let <laughs> <laughs> soak. Well, just if anything, I just I I truly I, the the worst outcome for me with next week if the Republican convention is as boring as as this fucking Democratic one, then I'm really going to want to die. Yeah, because I'm I'm really banking. I need this, especially in the Zoom format. I need this to be an absolute freak show to feel anything like, and I'm, I'm really hoping it will. I think it's like, give us, it's just like, it'll be like TikTok videos where it's like someone is singing a song in what appears to be like a dungeon. (laughs) Yeah. The first indication will be if Hunter's any good tonight. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Hunter calling in from his suite at the standard high line. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's let's uh, let's let's uh, sign off for today. Um, uh, Till next time. Talk to you next time. Talk to you soon, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.